Hello, and welcome to Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate, a show about buying and selling homes in Montana and the power realtors and power lenders that make that happen. We are your hosts, Colleen Wood. And I'm Alicia Retz. Each week, we will discuss the housing market, how to navigate it, and what questions you need to be asking yourself along the way. But that's not all. We will also dive into how to navigate the ins and outs of being leaders in business and how to build a robust and dynamic team within that business and navigating the world as a career-driven professional, all while raising a family. Join us as we share our highs and lows in real estate, business ownership, and motherhood. Hello, Colleen. Hey, girl. Podcast day. I love podcast day. Me too. Okay, today we're going to talk about momming your own way. And we have an expert on momming. Yeah, we do. Eight kids. <laughs> She's got eight kids. <laughs> Tara Bowman is back and we are so excited to have her. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you guys? We're good. Uh, we're good. good. It's another snowy, cold day in Bozeman, America. Gorgeous. I love negative the eight tomorrow. I know it's going to be chilly. It's oh. actually going to feel like February. I'm going to have my February fit. And then I'm going to Hawaii. Oh, that's <laughs> right. You when, are. When, I'm so excited for you. A week from tomorrow. Yes. Not that I'm rubbing it in, but I'm and rubbing it in. you're just in Arizona. You have the best life. Uh, well. I'm doing three like remodels right now. And the contractor's like, we're not working Wednesday. And I'm like, oh, no. Why? And you get stuff done. What's Wednesday? The it's rest of us are eight. working. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we should be like. I can't work today. It's going to be negative eight. <laughs> we should. There should be a rule about there that. There should be a rule. I'm going to stay in my soft pants and my blinky. But I need my kids in school. So I need teachers to work. Right. Yeah. It's a selective so, day off. Honestly, though, neither one of you could probably take more than 10 minutes off. Truth. Actually, I'm well, getting better at that. I'm getting really, really good when I have two hours because I don't know when those two hours are going to be. <laughs> Taking a minute, sitting down on the couch, uh -huh. playing Candy Crush. And yeah. just vegging. Yeah. 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 But that two hours goes real fast. Oh my gosh. gosh. It's like that. It, it doesn't yeah. equal two hours. It's like 12 minutes. Yeah. You know what else is going really fast is how fast our kids are growing. It's crazy. Although I'm going to be honest, I'm a little maxed out with kids right now. <laughs> I like, I was even like before Christmas. I you can't like, return them where they came from. Uh, right. Uh, but no, I factory's was, closed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I need every second of them. They're growing up so fast. I want, I'm just so like absorbing all of them. And I just was kissing them. And right now I'm just, I'm a little maxed out. They, yeah. Like just the nonstop. Just, and they're being sweet. There's, they're yeah, not being they're just kids. They're just talking nonstop and want my attention all the time. And I think I'm just maxed out with work that it's hard. Yeah. Saying it out loud just makes it feel less awful. You know, I mean, I think that that's just part of being a mom, right? Is that we have to love them through all of their different stages and all their different, you know, sometimes they're weird. Sometimes they smell funny, you know, like, and, yes. and you still got to love them. But that's what's great about being a mom. I mean, well, I didn't have the greatest upbringing, but I think what other people's moms would have been like, and you know how they just love them unconditionally. Yeah. You I, know? I just saw a post said something like, be the parent that you needed when you were growing up. Oh. And that hit me, especially because I was just maxed out yesterday and I saw it yesterday. And it's like, oh, I can be better. I need to be better. I'm yeah, just, but you need, to, you need to be nice to yourself too. And right. being a mom is hard. And, you know, you are in a very, very demanding business as it is. And being a mom is very demanding. And so being graceful with yourself. But honestly, I feel like with your little beautiful little girls, I mean, all that they would want to do would be curl up with their mom and watch a movie. That's all and they want. You they literally don't. can put Frozen on and you can <laughs> and just And they're young enough. They're not relax. asking for new Doc Martens or anything no, crazy. They just want snuggle time. They're not time. asking for a cell phone. All they want is me. When you're maxed out at the end of the day, it's like the last thing you want to give. If I need to take a minute before I go home, just take a breather, even if it's two minutes in my car mm -hmm. and acknowledge this time is fleeting. 
they're angels. They really are so great and they love each yeah. other. They bigger a little bit, but they're not but they're fighting sisters. kids. Yeah. yeah, but they don't fight really. It's That's crazy. Nice. They take care of each other and laugh all day long. That's great. <gasps> because you know it, it, does, it goes fast. You know yeah. what's funny though is that my 13-year-old son would want to do nothing else than just snuggle with me and watch a movie too. Oh, he's such you an know? angel. So I mean, that doesn't change. And so I think we allow complicated things to be the things that they need. And it's not what they need. They no. need, they need they their need- time. They need their mom to be present and just hang out with them. And, and they understand when we're tired. Oh, they, they do. Totally and you can do. say, mama's tired and I want to hang out with you. Can we just snuggle and watch a movie? And a lot of times it ends up with me falling asleep. But so they're getting they don't care. Times. They don't care. Times. Mm-hmm. Let's snuggle with mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So talk to us. You have eight babies. Yes. That yes. is so impressive. How did you navigate all of that? We'll say with grace. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I just want to echo what you're saying about how fast they grow up. And I always knew that in the moment. Okay. They're going to grow up. So I was aware, but you don't, you don't realize how fast they're going to grow up. So my youngest son, he's number seven of our eight. He was just like your son. Mm -hmm. And he always wanted to be in my lap. He always wanted to sit next to me. He always wanted to watch the movies. And I, one day was like, there will come a day where he won't want to do this. Well, that day didn't really come until like he left home. My kids leaving home was so hard. And I thought the first one was going to be the hardest. No. <laughs> oh, the last one was? Um, when, well, well yeah, one they, more they yeah. just kept getting harder and harder and harder. And so we told our youngest, we're like, okay, honey, so mommy and daddy are really old. And you, you're actually not going <laughs> to ever gonna get to leave. Because as soon as you're an adult, you'll have to change our diapers and take care of us. <laughs> uh, so you're stuck. Where are all your kids now? Okay, one, I want ages, gender, and then where are they okay, currently? So I'll go through the ages really quick. We have a 31-year-old son. Okay, I have to think. A couple of them just had birthdays. Um, we have 29-year-old son. We have 28, 28-year-old daughter. Out. Yeah, 26-year-old son. I can't, yeah, remember that because he's 20 years younger than me. Yep, <laughs> yep. easy math. Yep. 26, um, we have a 24-year-old and if I get any of my kids' ages, they're all going to throttle me. 24-year-old right, right. son. And then we have a 23-year-old daughter, a 21-year-old son, and then an 11-year-old daughter. Oh, and my so gosh. So she's the one obviously still at home. <clears throat> you didn't kick her out already? No. I mean, after having seven, I'm I know. Being, I'd be like early packing their bags. Right. I actually told her that the other day. If you don't start earning your own way around here, you're going to have to go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to live on the porch. Right. She's like, Mom, I do the dishes. Okay, you can see. <laughs> oh. yeah. When I left for college, I was six hours away. My mom, I had to drive because my mom cried the entire time. And I'm the oldest of oh, three. Yeah. yeah. She bawled the entire uh-huh. way. And she's like tough, hard. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Has kindness, but tough. But then my brother and my dad, as we were leaving the driveway, they came back from Lowe's with a bunch of paint cans because they were ready to paint my room <gasps> as I'm leaving our driveway. That happened Aww. to me. That happened to me when I left home. I left home at 16 and my mom and I had had an argument and I left and I'm like, oh, heck no, I'm not going back Wait, there. how old were you? Did you 16. Say- yes, you heard me right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so after a couple of days of cooling off, I came back and I was like, okay, maybe we can have a conversation. She had already let my sister repaint and re-wallpaper my bedroom. I'm like, all right. 
All right, then. So that door you, has closed. So did you leave again? Yeah, I, I mean, I came home. There was no place talk. for her to sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no so you just came home to like visit, but you weren't I, coming, coming I had home. planned on having at least a conversation. That didn't even happen. I was just like, wow. Okay, all right, door shut. All right, you fake it till you make it, I guess. <laughs> you know, I feel like those of, of us who, Alicia had an amazing mom and dad and still does, but I think those of us that had a harder upbringing I feel like we deal with the anxiety of screwing up our children and giving them horrible childhoods, you know, like we had or difficult childhoods. I think we deal with a ton of anxiety about that. Do you guys like have that at all where you're just like fretting about ruining their lives or them having to be in counseling all the time well, they're gonna, like they'll probably end up in counseling just hopefully it's a minor thing that I did not something major but when I'm really thinking about how I, I feel like I'm being a bad mom I'm like at least I have my husband at least yeah. I have him to maybe I have somebody else him. to blame this on right and for someone else just to or pick to up the compensate for where I failed right so I can tell you that in the thick of things with our kids no I was absolutely confident. I was an amazing mom. I made breakfast every morning. We ate breakfast as a family together, real food. I'm not talking like cereal. I'm talking eggs, bacon, waffles every morning. We ate dinner together every night as a family. And I know that helped solidify our family unit. But the anxiety about being a craptastic mom has not come until my kids have been grown. Oh, oh interesting. Wow. But interestingly enough, they're really kind of remind me that I screwed up. And <laughs> you remember the time you said this to me, mom? It's like, oh, I did I? Said, oh, well, sorry. and we're still kids now. Like we're just kids in adult bodies. So oh, it's so hard. Life like, is looking, hard. Looking life back at so our hard. moms or dads, they were just figuring it out. And we thought they knew everything, that they had the answers to the entire world. And once you become a parent, you realize... They were just figuring it out too. They were just winging this whole thing. How did you have the energy to do all that every morning? (laughs) Um, I just knew it was important. Yeah. Yeah. It was important to me to get And it was something that you could do. Yeah. It was something that you were capable of doing. (laughs) And so that they knew that they had, you know, they had an excellent start to their day. They were fed. They were warm. They were cared for. They were happy. I'm a very physically affectionate person. I'm always hugging. I'm always touching, kissing, loving. I attended every one of my kids' sporting events. My parents never came to any of mine ever. So that was really, really important to me. Um, Spring, we had kids, most of our kids ran track. And the middle school track schedule was never the same days or locations as the high school track schedule. So, Oh, no, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So about six weeks every spring, I had at least three track meets a week that I went to. And they were never anywhere close to each other. So it was always, okay, I need to allot this many hours of drive time today. But because my parents were not physically affectionate, that was really important to me. So my one son... When he was in the eighth grade, it was at a track event and he was a sprinter and I would cheer for my kids. Obviously, I love them. I'm proud of them. They're amazing people and they have become amazing humans. I love them. They're oh. just so great. I this love. I bet Christmases are so fun. Uh, usually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of personalities. Sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, when are they going home? Anyway, um, so I'm cheering for him. And after the track meet, he says, mom, you're not allowed to come to my track meets anymore. And my theory is like, I made you, I get to be the boss of you. I get to come to your track meets. And he says, no, because I can hear your voice above 
everybody <laughs> else is when I'm running. And I said, well, good, good. Do what I'm telling you to do. Run faster. Right, right. And, and he, he was serious. He actually was very serious. He's like, no, mom, you cannot come to my track meets. Oh, now, but that all was of, heartbreaking. Um, it was for about a split second. Most moms, and I tell this to everybody because this is how most moms approach this of the he doesn't want me there. Oh, oh. Oh, not me. No. What I said to him is I'm like, okay, fine. I won't come to your track meet. I'm coming to school with you tomorrow. I'm wearing my rattiest bathrobe. I'm going to put my hair in curlers and I'm going to put green goo on my face and I'm going to follow you to every class. Mm-hmm. Okay, mom, you can come to my track meet. Yeah. Yes. You think I can be embarrassing. You just watch me. I am not even trying. Momming your own way. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So I have always been my kid's biggest cheerleader. I always have. I've been their biggest advocate. And we always were the family that's like, okay, you don't swing first. But if you get swung on, man, you you don't have to take more than one hit. <laughs> and two, if you see your brother getting swung on, all the rest of you, you better be right there on backup right. and to take this as a family. And they, <laughs> everybody comes out with black eyes, yeah, right, right, missing right. teeth, matching black eyes. <laughs> we're we're a family, <laughs> goddammit. it. <laughs> right. So um, get over here, you're missing a black eye. That's right. So, um, but yeah, I just always, I just was really vocal about loving them, and it, it wasn't always easy because they're they're humans too, because they do things that you're like, that was thoughtless. That was mean. That was rude. That mm-hmm. was so unkind. It's so hard, especially in this day and age, because kids are not being taught manners in any other place other than at home. The school systems are allowing are allowing kids to just be rude, bullies, you know, back talking. I mean, the amount of back talking that goes on, it just blows my mind to the point that kids don't even know what back talking is and how disrespectful it is. And, you know, so having to ingrain that into your kids, you know, you feel like like you're picking on them, but you're just trying to create a good human. Yep. Our biggest thing is I want my kids to say thank you to their teachers or coach, whatever it is at the end of every session or every class. Yep. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my daughters in the bad habit are saying thank you. I'm like, no, look them in the eyes because that doesn't mean anything. And like really teaching her how to say thank you. I coached soccer for a long time and I had one great group of kids I would chew them out. I would make them do sprints. Like we just have a bad practice. But after every practice, I'd say 75% of the girls would look me in the eye and say, thank you. Yeah. And I'd just like crush me. Like we had a, like, it was just one of those practices where things weren't quite clicking and mm-hmm. I worked their butts off, but they looked me in the eyes and said, thank you. And when I see them now. Because should it's, thank you. Yeah. Look what you pushed them through. And what, seeing them as adults, I just look at them as really wonderful women now. You know, but Alicia, how do you feel like your little girls are super tiny? And how do you feel when you are working a ton and you're not the mom that you want to be some days? How, how do you feel about right. that? Right. So today I just felt guilty because really it's been like the last three days where I've just maxed out and just driving even to this podcast because I was listening to some good music and I got two new, new listings this morning and I'm like, whoo, yay, damn thing in this market right now. But I'm like, I can be better. Mm-hmm. I, there's what matters is my kids. The listings are great and I want to be able to support them in their lives. And I feel like I'm setting them up for good things with that. But just, I just wasn't listening to them last night. They were, all they wanted was me. But like I said, we're doing three remodels. I'm adding an ADU to one of our rentals. And it's just, it's a lot. That's a lot. And I just, again, none of that matters if I'm not going to be there and just listen to them. So what are you going to do different tonight? I'm going to take a minute in the driveway. 
I really think that's the number one thing I'm going to do. And we talked about the 1% last time, Mm -hmm. just that 1%, that's all I'm going to do tonight. And I know that little bit will make a difference. And even again, saying this out loud means I'm holding myself accountable Mm -hmm. that I want to do better. But it also says that you value doing better. You value being successful there. We have a church leader that said many, many years ago that no worldly success can compensate for failure in the home. You have a limited amount of time with your children. They have to be a priority. So why did I make breakfast from scratch every morning? Because food is my love language and I wanted those kids to leave knowing I love them. Right. Wow. And on our deathbed, I'm never, ever going to say, oh, I wish I would have made an extra million. That house down the street, I wish I'd have sold that. No, never. (laughs) The only regret is that I didn't spend more time with my close friends and family. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And so that, and that really is where the values are and the quality of life and getting people to help you and work. And because I always thought people couldn't do it as good as I can and they just do it differently, which we've talked about. They're not going to be me, but I need to get stuff off my plate so that I can be a better mom and a better wife. Yeah. Because that's, I want to be with my husband for the rest of probably his life. He's going to die before me. <laughs> You're such a bitch. <laughs> I mean, he walks around like a 70 year old man and he's, 37. It's hard uh, packing that butt around. It's a big butt. My husband's yeah. got a big butt. <laughs> Assuming I don't die in a car accident because I'm in the car all the time, he'll die before me. But I want, I want to be with him forever. And I want, because that's the core of our relationship is our, the two of us. Yeah. Because when your kids leave, it is just you. That's what and my mother-in-law says all the be, time. And I heard you say that yes. before. It is a hundred percent true because you're a team. You have to rely on each other and the kids will come and go. And the love filters down. When they see us hug and kiss and make fun of each other, mm-hmm. they're just in better moods too. Yeah. When they can feel like there's a little more tension, they're, you know, it's just not as comfortable for them. So yeah. I really want to make that my priority. So years ago, I sold Tupperware. And one of the great things that we learned, one of those lessons that I learned in that was a saying that was, if it doesn't take your personality, find somebody else to do it. So you can't hire somebody to come in and snuggle your girls Mm-mm. the way you can or your son or interacting with your husbands. But dang, you can hire somebody to clean your house. You can hire somebody to file paperwork. You can hire just about anybody to Colleen, do you say anything. that all the time. What's your highest and best use? Yeah, what's your highest and best and use? Can- and it sure as hell is not cleaning the toilet. Although, you know, I go back and forth on that too because... There's, there's something to be said about the strength of the family because, I mean, I felt like when I always had a housekeeper because I had a housekeeper forever, that was, she was amazing. I wish mm-hmm. I still had her. She did clean the house. She did all the laundry. She did a bunch of the grocery shopping and I could just come home she and be- Bozeman, can I have her number? Nope, not oh. telling you. Colleen, but, that sounds like you had a wife. <laughs> I did have a wife and she is amazing. And she had like guns, like her arms were just cut. She was amazing and, you know, she would foresee the things that I needed and, and she... She was a wife. She yes, was a wife. Definitely. Like if I, if I like had a bill sitting out that had a due date that was like in two days, she would put it like at the end of my counter just to make sure that I saw it uh-huh. and text me and be like, there's a you know, MasterCard. You know, I hope, I hope I'm not forget. doing anything. And I'm like, no, I appreciate that. And, you know, she would, you know, watch things or take care of things or fix things if there was something that I needed her to do. She was just amazing. But at the same time... I didn't have a connection with my home. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that connection with, you know, I feel good when I clean my house I now. Say, yeah. I, I feel good. My house. I, I, like, I'm enjoying it right yeah. now. It might not last forever. It's just we're in a different place now. We're establishing a new home and all of that. I'm enjoying getting to know my home. I'm enjoying getting to fold my son's laundry. And it's because I haven't done it in so long. I think that that's why it feels good. 
you know, we're getting ready to plant our garden. I ordered my chickens. I ordered my garden. I did all that stuff because I'm getting ready to have a more present at home life this year, Mm -hmm. which I'm really excited about. And, you know, my son, he's 13. He's at that stage in his life where he really needs to spend a lot of time with his dad learning how to be a man. But my son will tell me, like, I'm not kidding you guys, 25 times in a day, I love you. That's awesome. Mm. I love you. But to the point, you guys, that I get, like, I still love you. Like, I get that way. Or he'll be like, hug. He'll like, he he needs that connection or he'll grab me as I walk by and I get to where I get so frustrated. I'm like, I've seen you. I've hugged you. I've told you I love you. I still do. But he'll say to me, you know, one day you're going to really regret that you didn't hug me (laughs) when I wanted you to hug me. And oh, he's right at that stage where he knows just like right where to dig. And but he's right. And so we're we're in that stage of where I'm kind of letting go a little bit and he's still hanging on. Of course, I still very much want to spend a ton of time with him, but I probably don't need 25 hugs in a day. (laughs) But maybe I do. I don't know. Because that same son that I was talking about that was always by my side lives in Spokane now. I have not seen my boy since October and he didn't even come home for Christmas. And I'm like, what? I'm here. You you, don't you want to come spend Christmas with me? He's like, "Uh, it's so hard though, as a mom though, to figure out what the balance is. Because I can't stop and hug him 25 times in oh, a day. Oh, absolutely. I can't. can't. I'm yeah. busy. I'm doing things. Yes. You know, I'm walking here. Get out of my way. You know, <laughs> Sorry, and I'm thinking about something. I move like, ah, <laughs> uh, and you know, I'm kind of impatient as it is, but then I, it's in the middle of the night. It's like, oh, what if he was taken from me tomorrow? Yeah. You know what? I mean, he rolled a four wheeler over on himself a couple of years ago that it could have been the end of it. Mm-hmm. You know, what if, what if something were to happen? He, you know, he came off the electric scooter and had a brain bleed and, and all of it, a concussion, a brain bleed that could have caused him to be a vegetable, you know, any of those things. And it's like, so then you have that regret and feeling like you could have done better. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like motherhood is just filled with regret and anxiety. (laughs) Hence why you drink wine. (laughs) I don't drink wine. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I know that pull it like of where to be soft, where to be hard. I use like the shutdown time with my girls to like just toughen them up, not like emotionally, but toughen them up. Like we're going to be outside. We're going to have scraped knees. We're going to be riding our bike downtown and back as much as we can and just getting outside. And so it's a weird thing where and they were, they were exhausted by it. I also needed to get outside. So that helped me. I would say too, that the physical exertion is really good, especially for boys. Mm-hmm. Boys really, really need that. And if you can find a way to incorporate like the garden, the chickens, the working, the chores. Oh, I've got a mini slave. Perfect. Perfect. I actually had a son who told me that a couple months ago. He's like, you know, mom, the reason why your house is such a mess now, which blah, it's not that bad, but it's livable. He's like, it's because you don't have any of us here for you to cause to clean oh, your house. Police. I'm like, there wouldn't have been a mess if you weren't here. Come yeah, on. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but this made you better. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why it's like, I had you do those things so that you would know how to do them for yourself. And it's just us now. So we know how to do them and we're going to do them when it's good for us. That's but right. I got other things I'd rather spend my time doing. And that even if you just take 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Connect like we were talking about before where you're just present and mm-hmm. just in that conversation. In the moment, sometimes you're like, oh, my gosh, I have so many things I need to do right now. Mm-hmm. The whole the whole world is falling apart. But if you give them that 10 minutes, 
It mm-hmm. validates them so much. I completely agree. If I just put my phone down and give them the 10 minutes as soon as I walk in the door, I can get work done again later. Yeah. But also then I feel fulfilled as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the hardest things is, you know, and I know my son's getting older, but it's the balance between you have to correct, but then you have to build up. Yeah. And like, you can't just let them run around like hooligans all the time, which yeah. I know some moms like that's their, that's their game plan. Yeah. It's just to let them run amok because they don't ever want to be the bad guy kind of thing. But that just raises absolute heathens that don't have any responsibility. Absolutely. And so for me, it's like, you know, holding him accountable and saying when he's done something incorrectly, which for him, like you can't mince words. It's got to be very clear. Mm-hmm. And he's not one that, you know, that you can just suggest. Like you got to tell him where, where he messed up and, and what he needs to be doing and line him back out again. But then that's, that's got to be balanced out with, I love you and I'm so proud of you. And, you know, I'm so glad that I'm home because we get to spend time together. But for me, like, I'm still mad. <laughs> like, it takes me a while to get <laughs> undone. So I have to, you know, actually change how I feel in order to be the right person. I can't, like, yeah. hold a grudge against my kid, but I do. But you, you do. Know? It's but hard you not do because you're yeah. pissed that they did whatever or they didn't do whatever. And for the hundredth time this week. For the hundredth time. It's like, <laughs> like, I don't know how many times I've had to tell, I've had to tell Rodan to not leave stuff on his stairs. He literally will walk past all this crap on his stairs and he'll walk back it again, past it again, and he'll just keep doing it. Like, we have been telling you since you were three years old to pick up the crap on your stairs when you go up the stairs. Or you can't keep it there anymore. That's what I tell my kids. If you can't figure out how to get this up the stairs on your own, you can't use this as a holding spot. My mother-in-law did a great thing. So she did one of two things. If you left dirty dishes out, they'd either put it in their bed. (laughs) I did that one time. I was so angry. So they'd be like, you deal with this. Or um, if you didn't pick it up, it gets thrown away. We had a green basket. And if the kids left any of their stuff out, it went into the green basket. And it really sucked when it was like their backpack or their homework or their shoes, you know, important life things. Because the only way they got them back was either they had to pay us, which we never allowed them to pay. They always had to do a chore to get it back. And it was per item. So if you had like a pair of shoes, well, that's two things you have to do for this. Yeah. And they, they all learn not to, well, some of them still struggle with stuff, but most of them learn to keep their stuff picked up and take care of their stuff, take care of their stuff. Yeah. So in regards to what you were saying about how to find that balance between being firm while making sure they know you love them. My husband is, he's amazing. He is the way better half of the two of us. And we say the same thing about both our husbands. Oh my gosh. I'm just so grateful. I am a better person because of him. So thankful for him. But if they say that about us? Doubtful. Doubtful. Mine does. He does. He's like, no, you're the better half. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're like 10 times the quality of a person. Let's Indian leg wrestle. That's right. You can't hear what's up here. Um, Anyway, this is what he calls a sandwich parenting. So in the sandwich, you've got several ingredients, right? And, but there's bread on both sides. So you got to love them on this side, reprimand here and love them on this side. So even when you have to talk about the hard things or the I find myself saying, I don't know how many times I've said this to you. And I'm like, I am a broken record. I say that so many times. How many people on this podcast know what a record is? I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> but the theory though, is that you build them up with love, genuinely tell them, it works with all humans, by the way, but you know, do the good thing to make them feel good so that they're receptive when you have to say, 
this part kind of sucked. You need to do better. You can do better. This, you know better. Whatever words it is for whatever is applicable to what they did. (laughs) She's so much nicer than I am. (laughs) She's more practiced than I am. Those aren't the words that come out of my mouth. (laughs) Well, my, my thing with my kids. So my, my dad being an alcoholic, he swore a lot and I hated being sworn at while yelling. And I just said, I would never be that way with my children. Now I have sworn at my children. They will tell you that, but I never wanted to be that person. So I was really careful. And part of it was like in 30 years from now, I don't want you to come back and say, you know, that one time when you said this to me, I mean, they still do, but if you leave the swear words out, it's not right, quite right, as traumatic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that helps, but just finding ways to build them and lift them. Could you imagine living in an environment where all you heard was negative and all you hear is you don't do this enough. You don't do that good enough. You try harder. You do this. I'm a psychology major and that's what's one of behavioral psychology is one of the best classes I've took and it's really how to change behaviors and it's all positive reinforcement. Punishment does work a little bit to teach somebody not to do something. But like picking up the shoes, the one time they pick up the shoes, praise them, jump up and down, be so excited. And that's really what motivates human beings. Um, Teenagers. So in case you didn't know, at 12 years old, their brains disconnect. Mm -hmm. And it takes until they're 25, 30 sometimes before, especially those boys, Uh, before they go. This is different. Yeah. (laughs) This is different because I'm pretty sure that I could lay, well, number one, Our kids don't want for anything. So there gets to be a point where it's kind of like, what are you going to do for them that they don't already have? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I don't know what else to do for you. You literally have everything that I'm willing to give you. And that's my fault, right? But we don't want to spoil him because you you could get him anything on the planet, but you're not going to do that. But he feels like he has all the things that he He could ever want. So, I mean, it it gets to be to a point where it's kind of like, can we just work towards like being happy? All like, like, can we just all get in the boat together and row in the same direction at the same rhythm and choose to have a good time together? Like, can you choose that side instead of being like, I'm going to give you this thing or whatever? Because I mean, Little kids, you can do like, you know, I'll get, you know, we can go Dairy Queen, whatever. Oh, you picked up your shoes. Let's go to Dairy Queen, you know, or whatever like that. Teenagers feel like it's different. And, oh, yeah, they're and hardwired so differently. You don't yeah. really have, like, all you can really do is start taking away, which feels so very negative. And, you know, I'm thinking about your green basket thing. And I'm like, there's going to be a black garbage bag at my house when I get home. <laughs> and I am going to just walk into his room and start picking up all the things and put them in the garbage bag. I mean, so, but that's a negative thing. That's not, that's negative reinforcement. Right. I don't know. I think it's a boundary though. And that's what our societies function on is we need boundaries. We need to know what's appropriate behavior and what's not. Right. And that's part of how we learn that though, is through the consequences of those actions. So You can choose your actions, but you can't choose the consequence that comes with them. Mm -hmm. That's a huge thing for them to learn. I mean, for every person to learn when you realize that, that, yeah, I can do whatever I want, which is a fallacy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, I I haven't talked about this much, but I was an asshole to boys for a long time where I just didn't think that they, you know, they tell me they love me or something, but I just didn't really think they cared that much. Didn't have value. And I heard, Mm -hmm. and I... Heard a lot of guys that I was dating because I was like, oh, whatever, I'll go make out with this guy. And it was awful because I just didn't think that they care. But your actions have consequences. And when I did break a couple hearts and I've ran into one of them recently and like just hugged him and said, I'm so sorry. <laughs> he's like, but he's like, I don't even remember the bad stuff, which 
very sweet of him. But yeah, your actions have consequences. They and do. when you hurt somebody or do something wrong, that's, yeah, you got to learn from that. And, and I think having that in a controlled environment mm-hmm. where they're still in, in your home, where you still have time to influence those things. Because once they're adults, the ability to influence or impact their decision-making is so different. And sometimes it's diminished where it just doesn't even exist. But putting them in an environment where they may fail, but it's minimized how bad the consequences can be, helps them to learn that. I completely agree. Allowing them to fail is really important. And hard. Yeah, and hard. Because if especially if you can fix it as a mom, And just, but to allow them to figure it out themselves. Mm-hmm. It's even harder when they're adult children. Though. Oh, I can't. Yeah. Because that's when you realize I can only influence people. I can't change anybody. And honestly, I only can control me. So how do I control that? I control that by telling you, I love you. You're important. I care about you. Even if I don't agree mm-hmm. as your mom with the choices that you're making, I love you. I see value in you. Mm-hmm. And that's... That's what matters. That makes a difference yeah. for them. That's the definition of being a mama. Loving them no matter what, even when they're shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's, that's just so important. And I feel like a lot of us didn't get that as young people. And if there's anything else that we can do well is making sure that our kids know that we love them. Absolutely. That's how we change the world. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in next week for another episode of Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate.